You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today is Wednesday, March 31st, 2021. On the show today, it is part two of my conversation with RM Layden. We touch on a whole lot of topics here about new moves the Nationals they could make about the designated hitter. We talk about uh, you know some of the franchises that are kind of like the Marlins in terms of quality right now. Uh, the, the Pirates, you know, some of those teams like the Tigers, uh, you know, those teams that are down there and really just have no sign of improving soon and kind of about the merits, you know, how teams should be owned and um, how embarrassing it is for those fan bases. And talk about how, you know, the Marlins are a team that can be bad, but also entertaining and care about its fans. So kind of that's a fun conversation. We touched on actually Kumar Rocker versus Al Leiter, uh, Jack Leiter rather, um, Al Leiter's son in the draft for a second. And then we also, the really big crescendo here is we, uh, we guess whether or not we think the Nationals and the Marlins will hit they're over under win totals. The Marlins is 71 and a half. The Nationals is 84 and a half. We also talk about best case scenario for both teams. So fun episode, a whole lot coming your way. You guys will definitely enjoy it. And, and the, the Josh Beltran is a good example of what you talked about. Like two middle guys, you know, they gave a yeah. And and look, I know you don't love Josh Bell, but I think the calculated risk portion, right? Low, low risk, high reward. If Josh Bell uh, stocks in the same position as last year, you know, if he's, uh, if he's really good, good move. I 100% agree. And I think with the DH implications in the future, you know, you can, can move him there already. and can can we go get a first baseman. It's not hard to get a first baseman. Can we just do it? I, mean, I, I complain about the DH every podcast. Okay. Oh, I, can, I do too. Because the Marlins right now have a really, really crappy situation where the Marlins have their two best hitters play first base. And like two yeah. best, best, best That's hitters. right. That is true, like, yes. Garrett Cooper, I don't like Garrett Cooper might be one of the most slept on guys in baseball. Like it, when he's healthy, you look at his numbers, he just mashes, like absolutely mashes, even dating back to his time with the Yankees. Like he's, I think a career, like just under 300 hitter with, with like, and he does damage. Like he's, and his spring stats are absurd. And then, you know, we look at, I just, I just don't understand how you can't have the DH, but you have yeah. Jesus Aguilar. And Aguilar, I mean, we, we know how good he was in 2018. He recaptured that form last year. Talk about like the calculated low risk, high reward type of guy. Mm-hmm. And he looks like the same guy. He struck out one time so far in spring training. Mm, wow. He's hitting for power. He's just, he's just an all around, just polished hitter at the plate. And people wouldn't expect that from like a big guy, but he mm. looks fantastic. And he was great for the Marlins last year too. So you have your two best hitters that play the same position. And now you got to decide which one of those guys you're going to play there. Or you're going to try to play Garrett Cooper, who's like 6'6 in right field, and he's going to be a major liability. And the Marlins went out and got Adam Duvall um, to go play the outfield, too, who's a great defender. And it's like this unrealistically terrible situation that shouldn't be happening. And the Marlins made that decision to bring back Jesus Aguilar on good faith that there would be a DH because baseball was dumb enough to say, okay, we're not going to make this decision yet you're going to have to make your roster decisions as if it doesn't matter whether there is a DH or not. And I gave this analogy recently. I think it was with, with Ryan Finkelstein in the locked on Mets. I was like, could, could you imagine like in football, if they were like, um, yeah, you can only two, line up two receivers. I said the, I said the punter, I said, what if they made punters on two point conversions play tight end? Yeah. Right? Like it's there's like, no point. So it's like, if you're building your roster 
and you know it's free agency time and right now they're like we don't know if you can do trips or you can only have two receivers lined up (laughs) and you have two good receivers and you have no third guy no slot guy whatever it is like and you spend money on on a third receiver and now this guy has to like be on the sideline and you got to figure out ways to get him involved and like well it just gives players more opportunities you know what i mean and what it falls to me is you know people say the strategy stuff okay Baseball is entertainment, right? Sports are entertainment. It's pretty simple. Sports are entertainment. It is a product. What makes a product better? Does a pitcher who's paid money to throw the ball, is it, does it make any sense to have him hit or to have somebody who is a professional hitter do that? It makes sense that the hitter, it, it makes things much more interesting. And the problem is, Armin, you know this too. They don't like in, in high school, they have kids, like kids are DHing for, you know, like great pitching prospects. I was uh, this kid I play with, uh, you know, in high school, Evan Justice, went to NC State. Yeah, Justice, Justice is a good pitcher. He didn't, he didn't hit, right? You know, in high school, yeah. he's t- in 10th grade. Didn't, no, I had the anything. same thing, man. It's funny, Justice pitched for uh, pitch for our team out there in the, in the cave too, Catalina's yeah. guy. Yeah, uh, he but, in high school. Yeah, he's yeah good, good lefty pitcher. And, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, the the same thing in my high school, man. Like, we, of course, there's the two-way guys. I mean, there's two-way guys in college, but yeah. POs are, are big now. I mean, there I, there's several guys that were on my high school team, you know, D1 pitchers that, that did not hit like ever. And right. so if you're not even hitting in high school and then now you have to hit in the major leagues, how does that make any sense? Like right. it, you're not even a high school level level hitter at that point. You're, right. We have guys out there that are legitimately middle school level hitters. Um, I mean, I'm sure, you know, they're grown men, they get better, but like, is, is, no, it's because well, the problem is, is that they've got, they've got a God given talent. It's pitching, right. Or a talent, uh, not, not just always God given, but something they've developed, right. That is, that is elite. And they're at, and then we're asking them to do something else, right? Yes. We're asking them to do something completely different than what they're actually really, you know, really good at. And it's it's dumb because it makes the product worse. And also, I hate the fact that you know, as fans of, of National League teams, it's a workaround. It's not strategy. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really what it is. Well, you saw it's, Zach Allen get hurt too, swinging the bat again. Oh, like- Max Scherzer broke his nose in batting practice. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, I do remember like, that. The, I do remember it's that. It's just you know, and 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 then. Dylan Short made a great point. Bringing Mike Soroka back, you're going to be slower to do it because guess what? He's got to run the bases. I so would tell him. Um, I, I I straight up would tell him just like walk, walk. Yeah, yeah. do like a Bartolo Colon did. Take the pit, like, take, just take pitches. Well, I was telling, him, I was like courtesy runner. Give him a, let let him have a courtesy runner. I don't want to see Mike Soroka get hurt. I don't want to see it. Like, we don't need. Yeah, that. I don't want to. It's terrible. And the crazy thing is, is we're going to revisit this every single time that a pitcher gets hurt on the base paths at the plate, whatever it is, it's going to be a discussion every single time. And the fact that it's being used as like a ploy, uh, you know, for negotiations is just stupid because both sides stand to benefit from it. The yes. Base, the players stand to benefit from it, but the players benefit more than the owners. So the owners are going to hold it over their head and it's a joke, but you know, looking at Garrett Cooper's numbers is here. So the Marlins, I think the Marlins offense is not nearly as bad as some people would just assume because it's the Marlins and the stigma of the Marlins, but like Garrett Cooper this spring is hitting 425. And mind you, this is in 40 at bats, 425 with a 452 on base and an 1152 OPS. He has two home runs and like, like 10 extra base hits. And that guy is not going to be in the Marlins lineup every single day. How the hell? Is that possible? And like, and if he that, played for half the league, he would be able to. Yes. Right. If he played for there, there are 15 teams he could play for. Would he be able to, where he'd have that opportunity. And, and, and in our league, we don't do it because 
Yeah. They just... And for the Marlins, it's huge. Like that's a guy with an 800 OPS in his career. Like the Marlins need somebody like that. And I mean, this and... is also a sport in the last, what was it? 10 years. They were deciding the home field advantage for world series by uh, the all-star game result. When do they change yes. that? I mean, that was like five years ago. Yeah. That, years ago. that was something that we were doing recently. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Which is absurd. And yeah. And yeah, that's another one where it's like I liked it like in a in like a kid sense. I liked that it mattered, but then like at the same time, it's like, like why? But the pitcher from Pittsburgh and the hitter from the Angels are deciding where the Dodgers and the Braves or the, you know, the Dodgers, the Red Sox play the World Series, right? Yeah, to say, do you think you think he Brian Hayes gives a crap about right. <laughs> who gets home field advantage? Yeah, exactly. In, exactly. in the uh, World Series, you know, when he, when he's out there, it, it, it's hilarious. But yeah, when I look now, like Marlins best case scenario. Because that's the thing. It's like, what is the Marlins' best case scenario? The rotation hits their potential. And I think the Marlins' rotation could be like top 10 ERA-wise in, in baseball if they hit their potential. I think they could hit a wall at the end of the season and then it'll all go up in flames. But I can say I was right for the first like six months of the year. There you go. We'll, we'll just do that. And then I'll disappear um, in, in August and just, just go ghost, <laughs> but, you know, that, that I think is a best case scenario that is very feasible. Um, I think Trevor Rogers, that's my like bold prediction is that he's going to compete for a rookie of the year, uh, you know, compete for the rookie of the year. Um, the offense, it's better. They got Adam Duvall and, and Duvall, he's going to strike out a lot, but he's also going to hit a lot of home runs. He was third in, in the national league in home runs. Um, Corey Dickerson had the worst year of his career last year. You assume he bounces back and um, you know, you got jazz Chisholm, a budding star potentially at second base. That's going to be the shortstop of the future handpicked by Derek Jeter. The Marlins traded Zach Gowan for him and they knew what they had with Gowan. Um, you know, so th- th- there's some upside um, and that's where it's interesting for me. You know, Brian Anderson's a rock. That guy's had an 800 OPS the last two years, gold glove finalist. Mickey Rowe is just like, just does it he just does it well i don't know (laughs) so when i just describe him he just does the stuff right (laughs) like he just like there's nothing like that jumps off the page but he plays good defense he's a leader puts a bat on the ball and before you know it he's actually got good numbers and so you look around and you can make the case for this team all around it being pretty pretty darn solid um we we know what they're going against uh but you know I think there's a best case scenario here where this team's flirting with 500. Let me and pitch it really just like depends this. on how much they dominate teams outside of the division. I want to pitch to you like this best case scenario. It goes, it goes poorly for the pitching staff in the beginning because it's going to happen at some point. Today's show is also sponsored by the best protein bar out there right now. Built bar guys go to builtbar.com today. Use the promo code locked 15. That's L O C K E D one five to receive 15% off on your next purchase at builtbar.com and go check out their Twitter account right now at bar underscore built. If you guys go there, you guys can vote on your favorite built bar. They're doing built bar madness right now. They have a bracket set up and you can go to built bar uh, on Twitter. It's at bar underscore built and go vote for your favorite check back each day to, uh, to see who is winning. And then you guys, you know, try to push your favorite built bar to the top. Now it's going to be difficult uh, but with your help, you can push your favorite Built Bar to the top. Once again, go to BuiltBar.com today. Use that promo code LOCKED15. You'll receive 15% off on your next purchase. There is a learning curve. How many guys, how many pitchers came up in this, in this game? We're just, you know, it's, it, the, my, there's a minority of, of players, and not just pitchers, right? You know, guys who are 
Carter Keeper, great example. You, you're going to go through it at some point, right? Juan Soto is an exception to the rule. Uh, you know, you, there is there is a learning curve. I think going through it is actually helpful. I think going uh, I through mean, it, yeah, those and, guys, and, and I think I think Sixto is going to go through it. I, yes, he is going to go through it. He Sixto is, the guy is going to go through. It. And it's it's a matter of how do those guys, how do how do players who have had have never really hit a wall. How do they deal with the first wall? Good example here. And this is kind of go back to my Big 12 minutes. Spencer Rattler, quarterback for Oklahoma, is going to be the top three pick next year in the draft. This year gets benched, uh, and I think it was against Kent State, and they lose the game. And he handled the well, and it came back, and, and you know now, now, and they won. I forget how many straight games won the Big 12, blew the hell out of Florida in the in their bowl game, and now they're going to be a top four team next year, and he's going to be a top three pick because he handled it well. Yeah, Sixto's Sixto is just like him. He is some of some of the most electric. I mean, I think the word electric is what I think of when I yeah. watch a big. It's it's everything. It's just it's movement. It is pace. It is it's it's ferocity. I would say as well too. And it's just like you know he's going to go through it. And the question is, how does a guy who has never had a whole lot of problems throughout his career, at least you know professionally, because obviously he's, he's at this point this young, how does he handle it? That's what yeah. I want to. I want to see him handle it. And I, I think. You know, to, to your point about, you know, if a team's not competitive, that doesn't matter. If, if you're 30 games under 500, but you're watching that guy go through it and try to work it out as a Marlins fan, that's cool. That's And cool. I think for anybody, you know, like, again, and the Marlins aren't rolling out Brad Penny at 37 years old, which they actually right. did. So, like, you're at least watching a young guy that's, again, if you appreciate the game of baseball, like, you would just enjoy watching Sixto Sanchez pitch. You know, so, again, it's just like with the Marlins – are finally putting together is just a better product for baseball. I think the Marlins have become, you know, the butt of a joke for so long now. And I get it, but how about like what the pirates are doing and like, like how could the pirates be coming out this season and say like, you know, I know you're rebuilding, but like, come to a game. Fans. Did you do a, a single yeah. damn thing to make your team remotely better? Todd Frazier they- had a great spring and said, you know what? I might be able I'm to out. get out of here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, it's, it's, like, it's crazy. It's it's like if you're a fan of the Pirates, Arm, would you go to a game? Would you, would you watch them on TV? Do they deserve that from you as somebody who's invested? I, honestly, no. And I, I would only go like because I just I, I went to as school. an activity. Yeah, yeah. It's like if if I got nothing going on, but like there's no way I'm clearing the clearing the calendar. I, like I'm going and I'm just staring at Brian Hayes the whole time, like just right. looking at that guy the entire freaking time. Like that's, that's the only it's practice. What they're doing yeah. is now like you shouldn't own a professional sports team and not try to win. You can like, rebuild, you can rebuild and still try to build like something that's like decent on the major league level. Like the Marlins last year too, like they knew they weren't well, they ended up making the playoffs, but like they, they knew they weren't going to be this stud team. They still go out and get Corey Dickerson. They still add Starling Marte at, at the deadline. You know, like they still were trying to put out a product that was decent. They go, go, they go sign Brandon Kinsler who ended up being really good for them. Like they were still going to try to put together a right. decent product. They signed Jonathan VR or trade for Jonathan VR. Excuse me. He didn't pan out, but that was a good acquisition. They flipped him for my buddy Griffin Conine. So like th- there was an, an attempt, attempt, an effort to where it's like, this team won't be a total joke. And I think even going into the season, you looked at the Marlins, you, you, you said last place, but you weren't saying like worst team ever. And I look at the Pirates, they might actually be the worst team in baseball history. So, like, yes. that, that's where it's just incredibly frustrating. Embarrassing. And, it's and embarrassing. they don't get nearly – It's not like the, the Sixers. Like, when the Sixers tanked, where it was like, this is so much fun. Like, Sam Hinkie's got a plan, and he did have a plan. You know, it's a plan that netted them a lot of 
uh, high draft picks. And the pirate system isn't even good. They're not. Yeah, they're exactly right. They're they're not. They're, and, and the thing is, like, why? Why? If, I mean, you shouldn't treat fans like that. Like, it's just disgusting. No. It's disgusting. It's, it's like it's people terrible. people care. I mean, it's, it's a city like Pittsburgh, right? City of champions is what they call themselves. Uh, you know, great not anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Steelers and Penguins, right? You know, that's probably proud traditions. Yeah, the Pirates treating their fans like a bunch of chumps. It's it's yeah. pretty embarrassing. I saw a video recently. It was an old video. I saw Sidney Crosby like going yard and batting practice. I was like, man, they might as well just give that guy yeah, a yeah, yeah. <laughs> to see what's going on. Like it, it's that bad. But um, it, it's, it's to the point where like I, I cover baseball across the whole league now, and like I, I don't even know if I could name like their their starting lineup. And and that's just a, it's. A I could, I could, I couldn't tell you. No, no, I don't think most people could. And so you know that, that's a shame. But you know, going back to to the NL East and you know what what the Marlins are doing now because they're past that stage. There was a little bit of a stage where it was almost like that, but still they they signed like a couple guys. So their uh, over under win total seventy one and a half. Do you think? I think it, I the, oh, I will I will personally be wagering over. Um and and I think just we we talked about how they're going to go through it right and I think they're they're going to have some guys go through it. But Sixto, that that's going to happen. I think Trevor Rogers will go through it a little bit too, but he's on an upswing where he's changed the slider grip. He's made some adjustments and he's just, he's just a pain in the ass to face. But I think leading at the top Sixto, or sorry, Sandy, excuse me. He's not really going to go through it. I think he is what he is. Pablo Lopez at this point now, two seasons under his belt. I'm more worried about health than anything. And uh, he is just so the guy's going to be a doctor when he's done playing. Like he's very like cerebral and he's just always studying sequencing and these things and that thing. Like, like he was a 22nd round pick and like a very middling prospect that the Marlins identified and, and got over in the D Gordon trade. So, or D Gordon or David Phelps, I always mix those two deals up because they're both with the Mariners, but you know, that's a guy that just grinded his way to the top. So he already has gone through it. So I think those two guys are really going to help anchor that rotation uh, at the top. And that's going to be really helpful for the Marlins. Eliezer Hernandez, I think at some point will end up getting moved to the bullpen personally, mm-hmm. but th- there's, there's still that anchoring at the top that the Marlins didn't have with two quality guys. I just think they're going to be able to, to be decent enough. And the lineup is better. Uh, like I said, you add Duvall, you got Martin center Dickerson's going to be better. And now you have, I guess the greatest, one of the greatest bat benches in baseball with Garrett Cooper and Aguilar. So I, I think this team's going to be good. And, and it depends on Jazz Chisholm. I think he's a huge, huge X factor because Jazz Chisholm is the type of guy that when he's hitting, like, like his ceiling, his realistic ceiling is almost 30, 30. Like that's his realistic like ceiling. How likely that is, that's what's going to be disputed. But I think 2020 is super easy for him with the speed and power combination he has. The question is how much is he going to strike out and can he hit above 250? That's the question. He's going to play premium defense and he can hit a ton of home runs. So like, that's a huge X factor for the Marlins. You're talking about a guy whose variance is like sent down to triple a or all-star. And that's like a fair variance. And that's a crazy X factor for a team, but that could be the type of dude that makes your outlook totally different. So I'm looking at the last three or four seasons right now and seeing how many times a last place team won at least 71 games since 2016. So it's happened twice. So I'm going to take the under here, but I'm going to put the caveat. It's not going to be like a standard like sub 70 win team. 
Best uh, 70 win team you've ever, ever seen. seen. Yes, I'd take them all any day of the week. So that's that's the way I would say it. Um, let's do the Nationals one really quick before we get out of here. Uh, the Nationals, let's see, I see it's fluctuated. It's always mid 80s. 84 and a half. So this is dropped because I saw it 80, 86 and I took the, I said under 85. I'm actually like, I would, if it was 85, I wouldn't bet it either way. I'm not touching this. 84 and a half. I'm taking the over. I think they went 85. <laughs> For as many issues as I think they have, and I've been very critical of them. They will, they'll, they'll make me look like a fool by saying they can't suck in the beginning of the season and then turn it on late. They'll probably end up doing that. And, you know, 85 wins is what I think. They missed the playoffs is my, my Nationals projection. What say you? Man, they're so hard for me because, like, I'll usually just put myself out there and be like, okay, this is what I think. Because it, it's just so much that's out of control. Like Scherzer and – like, like, let's say Scherzer and Strasburg are healthy. This team wins 85 games. Um, I mean, you, you got Zimmerman off the bench, which is the most clutch hitter like ever. He's been raking it, by the way. Yeah, he is I love excellent. Zimmerman. I think people are forgetting that Zimmerman is Zimmerman. Like this guy's still good. Yeah. He's just not. He just can't play every day. Yeah. So you're gonna get a. I think you're gonna get a better Zimmerman, which is, which is why I got Josh Bell. Yeah, exactly. And I think you're gonna get a better Zimmerman. And Josh Bell is very streaky, regardless. So even if he's having a good year and he's he's going through you know so, some pains in the middle of the season. You start Zimmerman a few games in a row. Like, like the, this team has some pieces. And if Schwarber and Bell are even half of what they were, this team wins 85 games. They ha- I, they're, they're just too talented. Um, and like I said, I think Trey Turner and Juan Soto uh, alone, like Robles, Soto, and Turner can score you a run to start the game off like all the time. And then <laughs> you get a run for Scherzer or Strasburg like right out of the gate. I think the opponent's chance to win is like 20%. So like the, it's just the, the infrastructure is there. Brad hand is a huge addition, probably one of the best relievers in baseball. And, and so there's just so many interesting components there. Today's show is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. You guys know the deal. Football season is long gone, but right now we are in the heart of basketball season for the NBA and college hoops. NHL is in full swing, and here comes baseball as well. Also, Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKED ON. That's L O C K E D O N LOCKED ON for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I'm going to take 85. Let's hey, say they're going to win. It's 84 and a half is the over. I think they're going to win 85 games. I like legitimately on, on think the they, they win 85. If I had to put money on it, I'm going to take the under. Only, mm. only because I have no confidence in the health of both Strasburg and Scherzer. And I hope I'm wrong because there's yeah, nothing that makes me more sad than pitcher injuries, especially from like studs and legends. And I'd say both of them are at the point of like, like Scherzer's a legend and Strasburg's well on his way. If he just stay healthy, stay God healthy. damn it. And yeah. so th- that is the only reason I'm going to take the under is, you know, is injury risk. You make a really good point because I, I've been talking about the difference between the Mets, the Braves and the Nats is that the Braves and Mets are not one injury away from, from falling apart. That's the brilliance of the team. They're so well built. The Nationals are not like that. They are one bad injury away from being or one injury in the wrong spot to being not uncompetitive, well, not competitive in, the, in, in this division. Because yeah. this division is, you're like, if you were a middling team, you were going to have to outperform 
what you know you have to mat well not from you have to maximize Phillies and Mets or Phillies and Nats rather have to maximize if they want to compete with the Mets and the Braves because even if you do maximize and they're maximizing as well you're not going to catch them right you you just it's not going to happen they just have too much potential if they reach it you're screwed you're going to need to perform at a high level and you're going to need one of them to step back a little bit. And I'm not going to project just because I host an answers podcast. I'm not going to project a, a setback um, for, you know, from one of those no. teams. And, and, project an upset. Yeah. and there's nothing worse than people who like project injuries, like right. the worst kind of person in the world, but you do have to acknowledge injury the, the realities. Yeah. The, reality I mean, like the team yes. is going to acknowledge that. Yes. Um, and, and that's the thing, but I do think that the, there's a realistic scenario where the Phillies take a huge step back. And if the Nationals can beat up on the Phillies and the Marlins, then they're winning 85 games with ease. But the thing is, is I always say this to the rest of the the rest of the NL East host too, is like the what sucks is that the Marlins, I think what sucks for, for the division is that the Marlins aren't even a rollover team. And so like, that's what sucks too. Oh, the Marlins are going to go 14 and five against one of the National League East teams. Yeah, they did against it's the Phillies happen. last year. They, like, they always, like, they always kill one of their pesky teams. offensively. They kill them. They kill them. They're great defensively and their pitching at, at any given day can, can be pretty dominant. So it's like, it, they're, they're not going to be as good as the rest of the teams, but they're definitely going to be a little thorn in your side. It's not like, Oh, we're playing the Marlins. Here's a quick couple. I've wins. made this point arm is that, you know, you play, you play, let's just say that you play the, the Mets and then this actually stretch the, the Nationals have the Mets, the Braves, then the Dodgers, and then the Cardinals. And then you come back home uh, and you got, okay, we got Miami for three. We can kind of rest. No, you can't. You really can't. Because, then, because Sandy Alcantara has got 10 strikeouts in seven innings and yeah. you're down four, one. And you're, and then you look at, you get on the plane on Sunday to go travel somewhere else. And you, you just lost two of three yeah. right? or three of four. And those are the, that's, that's why I think, I think the top teams in this division are actually going to be pretty level when it comes to the head-to-head. I agree. I don't think it's, anyone's winning 95. It's the years. games. It's the games in Colorado and Arizona and you Miami and Cincinnati. That's where this division is going to be won. It's not going to be won. You know, I know the Nats and Mets have had a lot of awesome games that have decided trajectory, but that's those games don't like you know in terms of wins and loss are not going to be the ones that decide the season. It's going to be how you perform when you're not playing that top tier competition. You got to stay locked in all the time. That, that's that's the grind agree. of the season. The National League East team, that's the grind. If you want to those, make it out Those there, miserable West Coast trips that are usually really bad for NL East right. teams, those are going to be the ones where it's like, that's where your money's made. I mean, that, that's right. where you're going to have to do it. When you go, like you said, when you go through Colorado, Arizona, right. like you need to go like 750 winning percentage on those. Well, and, and nothing breaks the spirit of a team. And like the fans, like, you know, you're up at one o'clock and you just, you know, you're up three runs and you give a three run home run in the ninth. You know who else is tired in addition to the fans? The players. The players. <laughs> the, East, the East Coast and body players. You gotta go, you gotta go home and play the Mets and the Braves right. after you just blew, you know, lead at one in the morning uh to, to the Rockies because right. the balls just levitate and, and ascend out of there. Like yeah, yeah, you know, that's yeah. that's that's gonna be a thing. And, and I'm excited to watch it because like yeah. those West Coast trips, real like those are in the Midwest trips, like those are gonna be the difference. Decide your seasons, yeah. Decide yeah. your seasons because it's a chance to rack up wins in a season where it's gonna be really challenging. You can't lose to the Rockies. Speaking right. of terrible franchises, right. you, you cannot yeah. lose to the Rockies. Right. You can't lose the teams that are trying to lose. That's, that's yes. the big thing. You have to uh, let them do what they want. 
All right, so I went over. So I went under the Marlins. You went over the Marlins, and then you're saying if you had to do it, you pull the trigger on the under for the Nats. Yeah, so shocker. The I'm over by. I've maintained 85 games, so I have. So according to this line, I, I I'm saying better. under with like, but like the obvious caveat that this team, it's not a slight of the team. It's more of the slight of the probability of this team being its full capacity self. Right. Well, it has to go right. Uh, so Nationals fans don't take it as like, he says that they suck. No, it's yeah, more no. so that I mean, I, I think Nationals fans think I hate the team. I'm terrified of, of like, I want nothing less than to see Scherzer. I, I, I will. Scherzer is one of the guys where I put it on TV, even if it, they're, right. they're pitching well, against whoever. Like, I love that guy. And, 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 I'll, and tell you, I'll tell you one too. thing too. Like, even the Dodgers are Kings right now, and they, you shouldn't be afraid of anybody. Their last playoff series loss, guess who beat them? Washington yeah. Nationals. So it's a bunch of guys. So, I mean, if they, if they play. If, if the Nats make the playoffs, like you said, that that's the thing. The second they make the playoffs, I, I'm bullish on the Nats. Do you know like, what Dodgers fans don't want to see? Juan Soto and, uh, you know, and, and company back in Dodger Stadium in a game five. Guarantee it. can promise you they don't want to see that. Yeah. So, so just get there. Find a way. Yes. That's, that's what I'm saying. I don't think they do, but I, what, you know, so that's my cat. So for being negative and saying, I don't think they make it. If they do. That means that this thing went right, and they've got a bunch of guys who are going to have some confidence who have already been to the mountaintop. So that's, that's my. Why I think they go all in. I think I think they're going to end up making a making a deal. Chris Bryant, would and be the, then I'm going to have my prospect hat on for you, and we're going to be talking about that trade. I, Chris Bryant, that's where they. I, that's where they got to go. Go all in on the shitty defense. I, I like it. I, look, they already have. They, they literally are the Wizards. That's they just they don't. Want to it's not like game. Bryant's going to be worse than Castro at third. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, or Schwarber and left. And also, I think we'll get to, yeah, that's I can't wait to watch that. Uh, it's for me just kind of a, you know, just adventure. Schwarber back behind the dish. I will say once, yeah. Uh, look, it might be better than Alex Avila, who's a second catcher. Uh, once Soto did say he wanted to win a Gold Glove, and I mean he's got the athletic ability to do it, so that's something that we just like. He should be good at defense. There's no excuse for he should. I mean, well, that would be a huge bonus. I mean, he's not as athletic as Victor Robles is clearly. And, and Trey, Trey is, you know, just off the charts. But he is a good enough athlete to win a gold glove. Uh, and he should be, his defense yeah. should be better. So, yeah. I mean, right field, it's not that hard. <laughs> no, it, no, it is not. Uh, all right, RM, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Absolutely. You can find me at RM Late Nate on Twitter and at Locked on Marlins and at LO underscore MLB prospects. So I'll be doing a lot of prospect discussion, a lot of draft stuff coming up too in the next couple months. So, uh, as we get ready for that, I think the Nationals need to draft a bat, and I, there's draft a, a lot pitcher. of good bats. They'll draft a pitcher. That's what's, what's <laughs> well, we'll, I'm, I've been doing a lot of mock drafts. I'm going to have the Nationals taking a bat. So if you have any questions, by the way, I actually have to ask you this. So it's is is it now wider ahead of of Kuma? Yes, I've I've been saying it. I said Bro. it before the season started. I said a lighter before the it's season sick. started. I said a lighter, and I got some some backlash from my locked on MLB prospects listeners. But you know what? Lighter's proven me right so far. We'll see. It's going to be a preference thing. I think height is the biggest facade in baseball pitching-wise. Like Injuries are possible for anybody. And if you pitch the right way, you, you, you can make it happen, and Lighter does. So, so he no hits South Carolina. Then he seven innings in the scoreless against my Missouri Tigers. Did hitless. they pull him? Did, oh, excuse me, yeah, seven hitless. Did they pull him because of pitch count? Because he just threw a no-hitter and they didn't want to – Yes, he threw 124. He was on a day shorter rest and was at 101. That's right because he started – it was the old Thursday SEC series. That's right. Yeah, so at that point it's just like – it's like, all right, you got your no-hitter, man. Like It's like, look, you could have gotten number two. Like, let's be honest, Missouri was probably not going to get hit off of him. 
Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, that, I, but it's, it's ridiculous. And I, I think there were some questions about Vandy's lineup heading into the season. And Who cares? They're, they're the number one team in the country now because two out of three days, it's like, they could yeah. have me, they could have me yeah. one through nine. It, it could be yeah. me one through nine. And I think they'd still win ball games. Yeah. I mean, because it's, it's a basically like, you know, every, you know, two out of three I'll days find a and, way to score and yeah. one run at some point. I'll just, I'll just crowd the plate, get plunked. And we'll also, score. once again, we hate the, I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. MLB draft during during MLB season. I understand it's how it, it works sucks, out. but at least they might do it in the All Star game, All Star break. Do that. That's perfect. You we talked about that. Yes. We, we said they should do it, and I think they're going to do it. It's like so. do you, I mean, I'm sure everybody else, sports fan, is tired of hearing about the NFL draft. So am I. But guess what? There's a reason why you hear about it so much. It's such a big event, and it makes yeah. a lot of money. I think baseball is going to do that now, especially with the lighters and the rockers and, and those big names too. Also, by the way, Cameron Meisner, former Missouri Tiger. Hell yeah, baby! My Marlins prospect to watch this year. He's going. The to guy bump. gets. The guy gets on. Is he still getting on base a lot? Is he getting on base? Yes. A lot yeah, and he's got. Walks a lot. He, he's going to tap into it. So I think when he was in college, I think last his last year in college, I think Adley Rushman was the only person who walked more than he did. Yeah, uh, I believe he drew more walks than or as many walks Adley Rushman did. So I love. Him. He's a good athlete too. Really big kid. Uh, I forget how big he is, but he's big. They got kid. big. I got plus raw power on him. I think he's. Gonna what's he doing? Is he playing? What's he playing for you guys? In, in, I think he's going to start in, in high A. Is he playing out? Is, uh, is he outfield? Playing yeah, he's, he's a good outfielder. Yeah, center corners. We'll see what happens, but I, yeah. I'm eye on him. I like it. Yeah, so, I love to see. I, it. I, I also the Missouri one. Tiger. Uh, is Trey Harris on your radar? Guy on the Braves prospect. Not sure if you. Not sure yeah, I think him. he looks pretty good, man. I, I he, think he's he's another scrappy, totally out. undersold guy. You know, one of yeah. those guys who was not not high draft, and he's worked his way up. And ironically enough, he is actually the first player to ever hit a home run in Truist Park. Georgia oh, wow. played Georgia played Mizzou. And, and, and That's the, a good yeah, yeah. So fun fact. So it'd be actually pretty cool if he actually made it to the majors was able to play in that ball. I think he will. I think he will in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, all right, Aram. Uh, if your folks want to find me at LO Nationals and uh, Locked On Nationals, they can. If they want Big 12 content, they can follow me at LO Big 12. Uh, you can follow me for both Nationals and Big 12 content at Josh Neighbors underscore. Aram, it's always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Absolutely, man. Looking forward to doing a uh, first series little preview. All right, that will do it for the show today. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. And a reminder, guys, 7 o'clock Thursday night, Nationals Mets. I will be going live on Locker Room uh, to do a watch-along with you all if you guys would like to join me. Uh, obviously, it's fun to have baseball back opening day so we can all enjoy that and chat together on Locker Room. On tomorrow, uh, guys, finally, we will preview the upcoming season. We'll kind of preview the schedule in chunks. That's what I like to do is just kind of take it a chunk at a time. So we'll look at about the first 15 games, first four or five series or so for the Washington Nationals and kind of discuss the expectations and what we think will happen and could happen uh, there. So a lot of exciting stuff happening right now, guys. The season is upon us. And once again, as always, until next time, stay safe.